Okay, you're live. Welcome everybody to Laying the Points with Farley Bets. And not just Farley Bets, with me and Steve. Every Wednesday, 7 o'clock, we go live here on Twitter. Live broadcast of our ATS breakdown of the NFL week by week. This week, obviously, week six. And we have a lot to cover as always, but Steve, feeling, feeling um, a little better that we have two games off the slate. <laughs> at least at least we get a little bit of wiggle room there to you know, do a tiny bit less research this week. Um, but I have to I have to address a few things here at first, as always. Uh, and I, I got some pretty cool things to talk about. But let me just first start out with at theoddsbreakers.com. Follow them on Twitter. Follow all the writers at the Oddsbreakers. Always a lot of stuff going on there. I mean, you name it. Horse racing, horse racing, golf, UFC, boxing, every sport. I mean, pretty much every sport that you can imagine, every popular sport. Getting bet on. Now the NHL is here. Got the baseball playoffs. We got the NBA around the corner. Uh, just a lot of shit going on, and it's 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 tough to keep up with it all. So rely on other people and their expertise because it's impossible to be an expert on every single sport right now. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I want to talk about sports wager. You this scrolling thing you see if you're watching on video, check out at spager out. <laughs> easy for me to say at sports wager. You on Twitter, sports wager university, an up and coming business. We're trying to trying to help people learn to become sharp betters out there that I'm a part of, really excited about that. And then also follow at BetUSTV. Uh, I got an opportunity to do some shows on the NBA this season. Very excited about that. I actually did our first show today. So check me out on there and check out that show and all the sports they do for that. And with that, let's get to some of the record keeping here, Steve, for us in football. I'm going to cover mine first, and then I'm going to give Steve a little segue that needs to happen here, and you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. But uh, on my behalf, decent week for me last week in week five. I went six and seven overall, but two and one on teasers. Big win on Monday night, thanks to the Ravens. I'm glad, I'm glad that hit. Uh, overall, plus one unit, so not a lot of movement for me. It was a tougher week for me, 38 and 33 overall in the season, but still plus 17 units, which is obviously the number – to always think about here, right? If you're if you're positive units, if you're putting the right amount of units on the right bets, then you're going to be way in the black. Um, and that's that's something that Steve and I have done a lot this year. And another thing to discuss is we went, what was it, three one and one last week in circa one tie. Those damn Bengals, man, they should have won that game, but that's fine. That pushed. So we are twelve two and one in circa picks the last three weeks. Steve and I. Remember to check out my post every Sunday on Twitter. I'll, I'll put it up at the Oddsbreakers, where Steve and I give out our official circuit picks. I give out premium picks too, and so does Steve, but those circuit picks are the, the picks that we think about more than anything. I mean, we really go over those in our heads a lot. I mean, you, you should see our text threads with those uh, conversations. So check those out. We're winning a lot. And with that, I got to segue to Steve because, Steve, you got to give us some tricks of the trade here. I told you guys before, I sound like a broken fucking record, but there's a reason why I brought Steve onto this show, but Steve, you're exceeding expectations. Plus 30 units through five weeks. What the hell is your secret so far, Steve? <laughs> um, honestly, yeah, I, I guess I caught lightning in a bottle here in the last three weeks. I was, I haven't really like, I was looking at week two and we went eight and seven that week. And since then I've been 10 and two in week three, 10 and six in week four and then 10 five and one here last week in week five so um a lot of it for me is really just focusing on seeing where the money is going looking at these lines seeing how they're moving and um pretty much handicapping my own lines in the beginning and then that's it and then going off of what i think 
the narrative is for each team and what I think is going to happen and kind of just stick with your first instinct and make adjustments going from there. Yeah, sticking to your power rating, sticking to what you know, and then adjusting the lines from there based on those favorite. I mean, that's really tough to do throughout the NFL season to always trust your numbers, but like, right, like, and always trust your own insight. But man, that is working out for you, Steve. And uh, you, you deserve kudos. How, how many, how many picks overall? Like, what's the record overall? Uh, 49 and 25 right now. Okay. So, th- so that's a, what, 74 picks, um, yep. uh, sample size. I mean, um, I won't keep on embarrassing you, Steve, but 74 <laughs> picks over five weeks in the NFL, that is a good sample size. That's that's not a joke. You know, Pe- people go week to week and they go, oh, you know, I got, hey, I was 10 and 1 this week. Good for you. Hey, ooh. But week to week, Steve is winning. Like, I'm, you know, sending in the wins and losses that I have, Steve. And I'm like, ah, wait, wait until Steve sees this. I had a good week. And then Steve's, you know, and then you're like one or two wins ahead every goddamn week. But, that's fine. That's fine. I love the competition here. You're going to be tough to compete with this year. Um, but, Steve, uh, that's amazing. And, you know, sincerely, you deserve credit. Proud Thank to have you. you on my show, man. And uh, we're going to keep on chugging along here. So, with that, maybe we can keep this one with under 60 minutes. I don't know. There's always a lot to talk about. But, first game is the game of, well, no, it's not the game of the week, but it's the game that Steve has his eyes on because it's tomorrow night and it is at Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, at Philly. Now, in some books, this has moved to seven and a half with a lot of juice on Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, total is at what, 52 and a half. Steve, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a very interesting one because, uh, you know, I've been looking at Twitter all day, seeing what a lot of people are saying, seeing stats about uh, Brady in primetime games, how his he's not covering against the spread in these spots and it's short week. It, it does really make for an interesting, uh, interesting play here. Um, I I really am kind of torn on this one because I I I, I want to say like oh, okay the Eagles you know they found a way to win last week it wasn't pretty by any means if you watch that game they went three quarters looked completely terrible on offense but their defense kept them in the game and I'll get into Sam Darnold later when we talk about the Panthers but he did exactly what I thought he would do not be able to win a game in a clutch situation when they had complete control but. The, the key is for the Eagles, and it's no joke, and we saw in the fourth quarter, is they need to find ways to get Jalen Hurts into open space. He's not going to be a pure po- pocket passer. He has to use his legs, and we saw that last week. When he's mobile, he's dangerous, and that is the, um, that is the way the Eagles are going to survive this year. That's the only way I think they're going to be able to beat teams like Tampa Bay, um, going toe-to-toe with them when the likes of Brady. But for me personally, I just don't think they can keep pace with Brady with all of his weapons you know he does have the hand injury the thumb injury but it's looking to be a complete non-factor Gronk is still going to be out the Eagles have they're pretty banged up I mean Lane Johnson's going to be out again Dallas Goddard is now out this week so that's one more offensive uh, weapon of theirs that they're not going to have and their offensive line against definitely a hungry Tampa Bay defense that I would say is probably underperformed for what we were expecting so far this year. So I look for them to probably get after Hertz. And also I still play the narrative in my head that Brady still just absolutely wants to dunk on Philly since of that Super Bowl as well. But we look at some things like Eagles are six and two against the spread in the last um um eight weeks. 
Um, overall, obviously, they uh, actually that's not right at all. No, that's on Thursday night football games. They're six and zero in their last game straight up on Thursday night football games is what I meant to say. Um, but one thing I don't like about this game, we're getting our seven points, sometimes seven and a half. There's just a lot of juice on it to be able to bet it. But there was a prop bet I saw that I really really stood out to me that Jalen Hurts. Um, was minus 140 with passing one and a half touchdowns. And if Vegas is saying that they're expecting him to pass um, two touchdowns or more, that means Eagles are putting up points. And if the Eagles are putting up points, you can certainly bet Tampa Bay's putting up points. So I'm really taking this one and looking at the over 52 and a half from my own perspective on this one. Yeah, that's something I'd like to incorporate more in our, our conversations too, Steve, is I, I know even on my end, I need to look more at props you know, and some of those like uh, supplemental bets that you can make during games. So that I, that's a that's a sharp look. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay only allowing 45.8 rushing yards per game. I mean, that is ridiculous through five weeks. They're doing historic things through their run defense, pass defense, eh, you know, uh, touch and go. And hard to know if that's a, a stat we can trust because a lot of teams playing from behind, obviously, against the Bucks. you know, high scoring games. Um, so I don't know, but this line, like you, Steve, it scares me. I mean, is Vegas luring us to take Philly here with that hook? Um, you know, they're giving us juice. I and mean, to the public, minus 130, minus 135 could read as something enticing, right? Like, this is the side to take. I mean, if you're not if you're not a learned sports better anyway. And like my buddy Kyle Hunter says, I mean, if you're going to make a lot of bets at, at minus 135, minus 140, you better win, right? Because the books are taking a lot of big from you. So, um, um, I... I think I still lean the Eagles because the spot at home, Eagles 7-0 last TNF games, ATS. They're an ATS cover machine at home. It's going to be a hostile environment, Lord knows, in Philly. Uh, you know, no no love loss, right, for uh, Philly fans and Tom Brady. Not that they're arch enemies, but they did see him in that Super Bowl. Um, you know, but Jalen Hurst is just – I don't think he's – he's just not a very good quarterback. You know, he's, he's inconsistent. He is dangerous on the run, like you said, Steve. Um, so, I, right now – um, I, I already gave minus seven to my premium customers to take the Bucks. Uh, I think looking at seven and a half, like if you get six and a half on the Bucks, seven and a half on the Eagles, could be a good middle. You know, a lot of game, games end on that seven. Um, for now, I'm going to retreat and not make a, a big play on this. But very, very interesting game. And, and like you said, Steve, a lot of money going on the Bucks, so that that scares me away a little bit from the Eagles. Okay, um, actually, it scares me away from the Bucks. I should say. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Dolphins at the Jags. Jags plus three and a half at home. Totals at 47. Um, I'm just going to say right from the onset here, um, I'm taking the bait with this one. Even if Vegas has given us the hook with the Jags at plus three and a half, I'm going to take it. Um, Brissett is just like a walking zombie right now. Like he's, hurt, he's playing hurt. It's obvious that he's playing hurt. He's slow out there. Um, I mean, the Jaguars had more yards than the Titans last week by a pretty good margin, almost by 100 yards, actually. You know, eventually, now the Jags, as usual, shot themselves in the foot a lot. But eventually the Jags are going to win a game. I really do believe that. I don't I don't have too much faith in Urban Meyer, but I do think that Trevor Lawrence is, is making strides. Um, I think you could easily say that Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback in this game already, right? Even in his rookie year with some of the limitations that Jacoby Brissett has. And, the you know, uh, Jags, now this is one of those London games, too, so... Uh, for the Jags, that's not that big of a deal, right? Jags are used to going over there in London. They have a huge fan base over there. I mean, they're, you know, you go to any other game in London and there's like a ton of jerseys that or a ton of people who have Jaguars jerseys on because they're they're the team that has been there the most. So um, 
I'm, I'm going to be on the Jags all day. We get the hook here. It's a London game. Those have a lot of volatility anyway. And the Dolphins, um, I mean, I'm selling the Dolphins right now, Steve. They, they just don't look good in any regard. They can't keep up with teams on offense. And their defense is now letting them down too. So I, I, I can look, look no other way than the Jags. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you on the new, like the Jags as well. But, uh, some news that did come out today is Tua is practicing this week. I don't know if you did see that and that he, they, I think he might actually be expected to play. Um, but for me, that still doesn't change my angle as well, though, either with this, because I'm just looking at him coming in cold off of injury. And again, taking you're coming in a cold off of injury and now you're expected to travel into London, not being warm from NFL play. Uh, I just don't think it fits very well and will bode well for him. And if you really think about it, like you you uh, you talked about, was the Jaguars playing in London? So in the last seven years, you know, Jaguars overall have been atrocious. They have a record of thirty-one and eighty-one, with one outlier year where they had ten wins and actually almost made it to the Super Bowl, believe it or not. But in those seven years, they're three and four playing in London. So that's a really bad team, but they're almost five hundred playing in London. So. From that perspective, they, they're comfortable playing there. They, they know how to get it done. They have veterans on that team that are used to this trip, that know what to do. So I, I do think that this is a good spot for them to get to actually get a win. So I'm going to be looking at that three and a half with the hook, even possible money line plays. And because Tua might be playing here and he's going to be coming in um, cold, maybe, you know, just, you know, maybe still a little injured as well that, these are two bad teams, and uh, I'm going to look at the under as well. Um, Miami has been in a lot of overs lately, but Jacksonville has also been in a lot of unders. The four out of their last five games have been under, and with Tua coming back possibly and being being hurt and not being able to really move the ball, I'm, I'm looking at an under as well at 47. All right, Texans at the Colts. Uh, Colts, 10-point favorites. Ooh-wee. Ten point favorites at home. Now they did they did play well against the Ravens, you know, until they didn't at the very end. But um, Texans at Colts. Colts ten point favorites. Total is forty three. This one's juicy. So, um, man, I really wish it was still at nine and a half because that's where I would really like this game. But you know, what a major meltdown by the Colts defense that we saw on Monday night. I mean, Carson Wentz pretty much had about as flawless of a game as you could ask from him, except for that one drive where he was typical Wentz, held onto the ball too long, and fumbled it. Like, we've always been talking about this whole year, and I, you're not shocked to see it, but a crucial um, part of the in the game where they could have put more points on the board, and that ultimately could have been a deciding factor in that game. But I regress from that. You're up 16 points in the fourth quarter. You're still expecting to be able to win that game in your defense hole when you've completely shut down Lamar Jackson. What we were surprised was seeing Lamar actually get it done in the air. So that was very surprising to see. But this defense, they have to show up this week. You know, they're playing an inferior opponent in the Houston Texans. I understand it's a it's a big spread, but again, Carson Wentz is the spread master. Um, Houston is two and six against the spread in the last eight games they played in October. Likewise, Colts are seven and three in the last 10 games they played in October. So this team plays well in October. Carson Wentz covers the spreads and they have to be absolutely hungry and straight off pissed off of how they performed on Monday night. And they have to come out and just absolutely dunk on Houston. Yeah, this is really interesting, you know, and it's, it's kind of a good lesson in sports betting because, uh, you know, the money, right. The spot, um, 
what how teams have performed so far. And in any given game, you're evaluating a bunch of different things, you know, and, and, and you really have to like what what's the strongest angle? Like what like why am I betting this game? And why am I betting this game this way instead of this way? And so I, I, I'm going to take the other side here, Steve, but I, I like all your points. Um, I just, you know, the public is pretty even on this one. And Davis Mills, I mean, I don't know if we can count on this every week, but he actually played pretty well last week against the Patriots, who are notorious for, you know, grilling rookie quarterbacks and putting them through the gauntlet. Um, he, he looked good. I mean, the Texans should have won that game, you know, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the Patriots won, won me a few bets, but uh, Carson Wentz did play really well last week too. Um, you know, you called that one, Steve. We were both on the uh, underdog there, uh, but I, I don't know if I can expect that week to week. Like we said in the past, Steve, this Texas defense is feisty. The Texas defense can keep them in games. It's still a division game, and now we have injuries to Blankenship, right? The the uh, the Colts field goal kicker. He's he's not something going on with his hip. He was missing field goals. Uh, Xavier Rose and Darius Leonard are a little banged up. I mean, I don't know how much it's going to affect them in this game. I don't think it's anything that's going to hold them out. But 10 points is just, it's a lot in a pro football game. And we keep on seeing Houston hanging in these games. If if Carson Wentz doesn't play to that level every week, I think there are a lot of teams are going to cover against the Colts. And I, I just don't want, I think it could be an overreaction on the Colts a little bit. I mean, they played really well against Baltimore. Now they're going back home. Uh, but I, I just, I can't take 10 points on the Colts. So right now I lean on the Texans. Let's go Packers and Bears. Packers, four-point favorites on the road. Total is 44 and a half. Um, you know, this is one of my least favorite games on the board. Um, I just, <clears throat> I don't see a lot of great angles here in this one. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of want to go with the over. I mean, the Bears starting to produce a little bit more on offense. The Packers were sort of limping around a little bit last week. The Packers should do better this week on offense. Um, and I think this is a little bit of an overreaction on the Bears, too. I don't think this is lined properly. You know, the, the Packers are better than four points, um, better than the Bears, even even at Chicago. You know, and the Bears the Bears benefited from the insanity that is the Raiders right now, and, you know, with John Gruden and everything that was happening there. I, Steve, I wish I would have put as much money as I, I possibly could on the Bears last week because I should have seen that coming yeah. yeah, I should have seen that coming a mile away. I mean, there's obviously there's going to be players sitting in the locker room, you know, black, white, I don't care what you are, and they have to be like, man, is this guy a, 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 you know, a complete piece of shit? You know, I mean, that, that affects the team, right? So I regret not taking the Bears last week, but if anything, I have to take the Packers here, but I'm not really bullish on anything. It's, it's just one of my least favorite games. What about you, Steve? Well, it's funny because you said about like last game and now this game about a knee-jerk reaction. It's literally what I have written down in my notes here that I really feel like this is a knee-jerk reaction on the Bears. We're seeing they dominate a shell-shocked, clearly dysfunctional Raiders team due to their coaching staff. We all know what's happened in that situation. And you're looking at this, and when I cap this game, I'm like, wow, this I can't believe it's this actually this low. So I just really feel like you are getting pretty good bargain. Rodgers and Packers right here. Um, are, are the Bears like a exciting pick to look at and like take, oh, they're at home, their defense is playing well, they can get after Rodgers? Yeah, absolutely. But don't forget, Rodgers is 20-5, and five, lifetime record against the Bears. He dominates this team. So he's not going to be scared of a rookie quarterback 
playing in Chicago this weekend. So I really like Green Bay. They're six and one against uh, the spread in their last seven games played in October as well. Chicago's three and seven against the spread in their last 10 games against a, uh, a North Division opponent. So they don't really play well against their division rivals. And they're also four and um, Chicago's also four and one against the spread in their last five games played in October as well. So just we're going to play both sides of it here that, you know, these teams do play well in October. And I'm going to give that edge still to Rodgers. I think he's going to uh, – they had their close game last week. I think he comes out and wins this one pretty handedly. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same side there. I thought you were going to say something sneaky for the Bears. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, next game, Chiefs uh, football team. Um, Washington is plus six and a half now at home. Uh, came down from seven. Uh, I, I think it started at seven and a half. Seven or seven and a half. Let me see. We can find that one real quick because this uh oh no it started at six and a half and it's been fluctuating a little bit but anyway total here is 56 steve what do you got on this one yeah for me this is going to be uh depending on where this line at, at six and a half i'm going to kind of lean towards case c washington so lock it in early and get what which side you want to be on uh i really view washington a lot like the eagles okay I mean, I'm looking at this team. You know, they should have a strong defense in front. I, I don't, we haven't really seen it that much, but I'm still waiting to see this Washington team, a mobile quarterback that can make uh, plays, show flashes. But at the end of the day, ultimately, if they're going to go toe-to-toe with the likes of uh, Kansas City, again, coming off of a, of a loss, this is setting up just like when Kansas City had to come to the East Coast and play Philadelphia. And I absolutely like Kansas City that week. I'm going to like Kansas City a week this week again. You know, when especially when they're coming off a loss like they just did, um, we know there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I, I, I texted Chris and told him immediately, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to start just nailing Kansas City overs. I think that's going to have to be a trend this whole year just because their defense is just giving up so many points. And I feel like teams like Washington can put up points and also give up all the points as well. So I'm lo- really looking for overs in this game at 55 and a half. It's a big number, but. You want to uh, you want some quick scoring types of teams that are going to make give up big plays. These are the teams that are going to do it as well. But at six and a half, I think you're getting really uh, good value on Kansas City to uh, to to see to do what we saw the Saints did last week. Although you know Heineke made some crucial mistakes in the red zone that that game could have gone other ways, it didn't. Uh, Jameis Winston was comfortable in Washington, and if Jameis Winston can be successful and throw four touchdowns on that team, you don't think Patrick Mahomes can. So I'm going to um, really look at the over here, and at six and a half, I'm liking Kansas City. Yeah, same page as yours, Steve. I, I, my favorite plays on this are the over. Um, you know, I, I would look at KC's uh, team over, look at Washington's team total over. I mean, the Chiefs are allowing 450 yards per game. <laughs> it, it, you know, there's there's nothing to like about the Chiefs' offense right now. Uh, you could say the same thing about Washington. Uh, they're just not adding up at all to what people thought they should be. Um, I lo- you know, Heineke has like a Brett Favre kind of way about him. You know, he just kind of slings it. You know, he's not afraid, lives in the moment. You know, you like that for the over too, right? Could be some turnovers and short short fields uh, for KC. Um, I, I wanted to go with Washington here with all the, all the money on KC, all the public money on KC. Uh, and now, like it's moving in the opposite direction. I mean, I don't know, but uh, but I can't. I mean, I would have to take KC here, right? Because there's, there's just eventually, even though they're two and three. I mean, so they're, they're crazily they're still the 
last place team in the AFC West. Even though that's true, there's still a swagger to this team. There's still a confidence to this team. And at the end of the day, way better coaching. I mean, uh, something's going on in Washington right now that's throwing that entire team off. Who knows how this investigation into Dan Snyder is going to possibly affect Washington and their football team and their attitudes towards their ownership in front office. That could very well be a thing. The only side I could take here is the Chiefs this week. Could be a circle play for us, Steve, if we like it or not. If it sticks at six and a half, I guess we'll see. I don't like it as much at seven like you. But love, love a lot of totals in this game. And if this game by some chance starts off slow, bang that live over on this game. And it, you know, those lines on totals can quickly move down in these games. Like if it's just like seven nothing in the first quarter, that line can drop to like fifty or forty nine, and then you're getting a ton of value. So just always watch out for that. Um, okay, let's move to the next game. Vikers at Panthers. Vikers, yeah. Vikings at Panthers. <laughs> Panthers are plus one at home. And the total is at 46. Uh, this is this is a tough one, Steve. Um, you know, two two teams that are pretty darn good, but they're not great, I don't think. You know, uh, you called the Panthers spot last week. I mean, at first I was like, well, Steve was finally wrong about an Eagles game. Um, and, then, and, then, and then the Eagles stepped up in a big way, man. They controlled the line of scrimmage in a lot of spots. You know, Carolina now is starting to get, I wouldn't say exposed. I think they're still a good team. But they're playing harder teams, and they're not, you know, they're not exactly uh, excelling in like every phase of the game. So, you know, this could be a Panthers retribution game this week after blowing it last week. I don't know. I don't love Kirk Cousins in these spots. Kirk has been good, but now he's on the road. He's playing, still playing a great defense. I still think this is a really good defense. Um, so, I, I, if anything, I would have to lean towards the Panthers, and I'd have to lean towards the under. We're seeing a lot of Vikings games go under. Uh, but the Vikings were lucky to win last week against the Lions, man. So, you know, it, it, this is a tough call for me. So I'm not. I'm going to stay away from the side probably, but I kind of lean under. Yeah, um, yeah, this is definitely a tough game as well. I mean, I I really f- uh, felt like Darnold was showed who he was last week. In my opinion, like that game was teed up perfectly for them to win, and they just could not get over uh, himself to like just put up more points on the board, kept throwing. He threw three picks last week, couldn't go down and hit a game-winning drive. I mean, I, I just think that's who Darnold is, and we, real, and we really saw that. But for me, a lot of uh, a lot of reverse line movement is on this game so far. I, I was looking earlier um, when 37% of the, uh, the bets were on the Vikings, it moved from uh, minus one and a half from Carolina to minus one Minnesota. That's a big jump there. So it went from plus one and a half to minus one, and only 37 of the bets, percent of the bets at that time were only on the Vikings. Now it's 44, 56, 44% on the Vikings. So that's a lot. That's some big movement for not having a lot of majority of the bets on them. But last week we saw some weird movement as well. They went from seven and a half to 10, 10 and a half in some spots with majority still being on Detroit. So Vikings are just a very strange, weird team that are not living up to what they're uh, that what we're thinking they're going to do. We don't know. And it's too unknown right now. Is Kirk Cousins going to go out and throw for 350 yards, three touchdown passes? Or is he going to be able to barely move the ball and settle for field goals like that we saw against um, you know, getting the one touchdown against the Browns and then, you know, a ton of field goals against Detroit. Again, this is for me, this is like kind of a scary game. I'm actually looking to probably fade it a little bit. On paper, I really like 
the Vikings. I think they're a much better team. However, I just haven't seen them show up yet as well. So I'm just going to kind of probably just maybe look and see what this line does. But right now, I don't really have a play on it. Okay, talk about a tough game, Steve. Chargers at Ravens. Ravens, three points okay. favorites. Chargers getting juiced on the plus three and totals at 52. Yeah, so I mean, this this game is really interesting because I mean, uh, anytime you look at that Chargers plus three, it's like automatic. Like, yes, I'm going to take the Chargers plus three there, and that's what like it's my gut instinct right away. And then when you start looking into the numbers, like right now, ninety percent of uh, the bet percentage is on the Chargers, and that line has not moved at all. So it's like, what is going on on this one? So it's kind of has me leaning towards Baltimore. Um, is this just feels like me that it's a, a vintage go against your uh, your instinct kind of do what makes you feel uncomfortable because I feel like Ravens minus three isn't the comfortable pick for me and sometimes I think when you're making a pick that is uncomfortable it tends to be um, sometimes right uh, even more right uh, when you feel really confident in a pick you know like oh wow that's a you know that feels like I'm really gonna win that one like how often do you actually just lose and it just goes the other way and you're like well duh. Of course, I'm wrong. So that's why I, I, I kind of like Baltimore here just because I got to see this line move a lot more. We saw how, uh, you know, uh, Lamar, he he showed that last, that was an impressive comeback from behind, and he was not doing it with his legs at all. They didn't eclipse their 100 uh, yards rushing for the Ravens that they were trying to amass to set the record. They didn't even care about that. He got it done with his arm, and that was an impressive uh, that was an impressive victory by the Ravens, and I've attested to it earlier in the year. Once they hit that 66-yard field goal, this is the type of team now that's going to rally and start building off of each other and be able to find wins and make things happen. And again, they did it again, and I don't think they're going to be scared of anyone. Likewise, Herbert, the Chargers, they're absolutely well-balanced awesome stud team. I'm really excited to just genuinely watch this game. I think it's going to be an absolute electric show, but right now I'm still going to lean uh, the Ravens minus three just because it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little annoyed because I'm going to go to the Giants game, I think. Even even if Daniel Jones doesn't play, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go, Steve. But that, but that means like if I'm watching Mike Lennon from one till four, <laughs> And then I miss this game at four o'clock, which is going to be a barn burner. Uh, I don't know if that's worth it, right? But got to got to take Kate to one of these Giants games, uh, you know, regardless of what happens. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, Lamar Jackson has just he broke he broke a few records in that game. Just sensational game from him. Uh, and this is just it's tough because what do the great quarterbacks do? The great quarterbacks can turn it on, go right down the field when it matters most. Unlike <laughs> Baker Mayfield last week. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, not sorry. You know, we called that one, didn't we, Steve? Because, you know, you have Justin Herbert against Baker. We said it could go down to the last drive. That's exactly what happened when mm -hmm. Herbert stepped up. Uh, but, you know, Ravens have now won four in a row, only lost that first game against the Raiders. Chargers have now won three in a row. Two, easily two of the top teams in the AFC right now. Not, you know, not counting the Bills. This could be the AFC championship game if they stay on this course. Chargers 8-1 ATS in their last nine games. So they're a covering machine right now. Um, so for me, it's just what's the more likely thing? You know, is it like is could the public possibly be right at taking plus three here? Um, or, or you know, like am I going to choose that or side with that? Or am I going to side with just sort of my like logic in the whole thing, which is 
two quarterbacks who are going to be able to will their team and go down the field at the end. They're both really good at it. So if I'm getting points with one of them, and 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 you know, pure passer wise, I obviously do believe that Herbert is way better than Lamar. Um, then if I'm going to get three points with one of these quarterbacks, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers, even with the juice here. Uh, it is scary, Steve. I agree, and I, I probably wouldn't want to play this one in Circa because it, it would scare the shit out of me a little bit. Uh, but um, I, I, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers in this one just because you're giving me three points with Herbert, and it's just it's just like the Cowboys right now. You're right. It's just a few of these teams. They're going to have to prove me wrong. I'm going to I'm going to keep on betting on them until it proves me wrong, right? And 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 with the Chargers right now, I think they're locked in. So I'm going to I'm going to go. With the, I think the Chargers have the better defense too, by the way. Yeah, I mean. I mean the thing is, too, I mean, if it comes down to a last drive, I mean, would you be shocked if this is just a push and that's why this line is going to stay at three? Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. and that's why, you know, and that's why I wouldn't want to take it for circuit either. You know, I don't want that shit to happen twice in a row. <laughs> you know, uh, right. the Chargers don't have Justin Tucker. That's, you know, that's that's another thing. So that's I mean, a big I mean, one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ravens are great in close games, right? They, they just make it happen. So. And but now seeing the Chargers this good in close games is kind of wild because for years they were one of the worst teams in close games. So you know <laughs> okay. that, that just goes to show you kind of a culture change there. Coach, all right, Bengals at Lions. Lions are plus three and a half at home. Um, I believe this game is at what is it? I think it's forty-seven and a half. Yeah, forty-seven and a half is the total. Uh, line line opened up at one actually, so it's moved very much in favor of the Bengals. Uh, but I think we may see some some lost value here on the Lions. Um, probably, probably not a real popular pick for a lot of people, but this this is actually, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, you're welcome, I guess. This is going to be a premium pick of mine, and I'm pretty bullish on it for a few reasons. The Bengals are getting a ton of hype right now. I, I really like the Bengals. The Bengals are obviously improved on defense. Joe Burrow, excuse my language, is a fucking man. I mean, he, he's tough, right? He's gritty. He needs to learn how to slide. Um, but But... I like Joe Burrow a lot, but what do we? Every single week we're seeing this from the Lions. I mean, it's mind blowing. They play well every week. I mean, they really do. Like between the twenty yard lines, they play so well, man. And then they find ways to blow the game. I mean, this is. I think this is one of the best zero five teams I've ever seen. I mean, it, 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 this is not a team that should be zero five. And they so they play well every single week. And I, you know, Vikings were lucky to win that game last week. And what I what I love also in this game is listening to Dan Campbell after that game. This big, burly, you know, like he looks like the dude. You know, he's just he's just like a guy's guy, and he's like tearing up and getting emotional because he's so passionate about his team and like really just wants them to pull out a victory here. This team is not going to stop fighting for Dan Campbell. I think he's a players' coach and the kind of players' coach that's not like, you know, like Rex Ryan or something. You know, like doesn't know what he's doing. You know, Dan Campbell, I think he knows what he's doing. He's a player's coach. I think the team wants to win for him. And the Bengals are 10-3 and ATS in their last 13 games following a straight-up loss. And that was a that was a painful loss last week. So could the Bengals just turn around? Could Joe Burrow slice and dice the Lions? Absolutely, right? But that's why we bet. This is gambling. The Lions are one of my favorite picks. We're getting the hook. And this might be Vegas, Steve. Learn me right the hell in. But I'm, I got to go. I got to go with the Lions at plus three and a half here. I agree. You talk, I mean, talk about a vintage trap game. I mean, the spread just on paper doesn't make sense. When I first handicapped this, I had this game at seven. I, I haven't had a spread that wrong since the Saints Giants game when I had that game at uh, three and it was actually eight 
which I should have listened to myself and taken the Giants on, but I didn't stupidly. So, I mean, like, so that right there is just telling me a lot. Like, okay, it doesn't, again, it doesn't make sense. And it's a sneaky game. Um, Detroit's at home. And, you know, like you and I, we've watched Detroit. We've seen them. They're in these games. The scores might not represent it, but they're actually in these games. They are playing. I think golf is a more capable quarterback than they want to give credit to. Um, this this team, this team, I think did lose a receiver this week though. So they are very shallow in the receiver depth. So just to keep a uh, eye on that. But I think they're here, and like you said, I do. I like the narrative of how they get up and they play for Dan Campbell. And a lot of people are saying that yeah, he comes off as just kind of like you know like the rah rah kind of coach, but he's actually very sharp and he he knows what he's doing. And I, I think I think Detroit is going to be on the right track here sooner than later um, in the near future. And I, I like them in this spot. And I might even venture to say that they this could even be an upset alert type of game for Moneyline for the value. Just because this line is so low. And it, again, it doesn't make sense. And there could be some value to be played on this as well. Yeah, it feel, feels like the books are just luring you to take the Bengals here, right? Mm-hmm. Line keeps climbing and climbing, even though the bets are on them. So it's very interesting here. Okay, Rams at Giants. I reckon I'll take this one first, Steve, since it's my stinky little Giants. Um, well, you know, I, I should be easy on them, I guess. Uh, you know, Giants played really well in the first half until DJ and Saquon went down. It was a competitive game. But anyway, well, I'll, you know, I'll get into that shit in a second. But Rams at the Giants, I'll be there. Giants now plus nine and a half, totals of 47 and a half. Uh, this line was a 10 and a half, but some good news came out today about DJ. Uh, it looks like he's on track to play, which is good news for me because I don't feel like watching Mike Lennon uh, play for the Giants. Uh, but so my thoughts on this game, Steve, man, um, I think the Giants got a shot, you know, with Daniel Jones. Um, I would have liked this at plus 10. The Giants are just not. You know, I mean, it's hard to take last week's game against the Cowboys. This year, any defense that faces the Cowboys in the way they're playing, you know, I think we kind of have to put an asterisk by it, right? Same with the Cardinals, probably same with the Bills. Um, But the Rams don't intimidate me like some other offenses do. You know, Matthew Stafford in a passing game is definitely good. It's definitely above average, but they still have some weaknesses. I mean, they, they were finally able to get the run game going last week a little bit, but the Giants historically are pretty solid against the run. They haven't played as well this year, but historically they're pretty good against it. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not scared here that the Rams are going to pull away. I don't you know, call it, call it a fan feeling or whatever, but if this was at plus 10 or plus 10 and a half, I would really like the giants under 10. And you know, it begs us to ask the question. If this was like seven and a half and it moved to six and a half, like what I have hated the seven and a half, you know, like, you know, just, you know, just because of the perception, I, I don't know. Um, so, but since the line was set at 10, that's pretty close to my numbers. I mean, I think this game should be around eight or nine, but with the recent injury to DJ and with some of the uncertainty of the Giants game to game and just how volatile they can be, I can't have a play here, Steve, but I do kind of like the under. I think the Giants could go back a little bit you know, uh, sacrifice Daniel Jones a little less after he just got that concussion, you know, make their plays a little more conservative. And then I think the Giants could could hold the Rams a little bit in this game. So I'm leaning towards the under, but no, no, no bullish play on this one, man. And maybe that's smart for me since I'm going to this game. 
And the you know when, when the Giants inevitably lose and I lose my bets in this game, I'll be going nuts. So <laughs> what do you think about it? Well, I do think you at least get to go to the um, FanDuel Sportsbook, so that'll be fun over there in Meadowlands. You got to go check that out. That's true. That's true. That'll be a good time. You can put in some crazy bets there. Um, yeah, for, for me, I just got to uh, – I got to just go with what what I what I think is just you know the Giants are just too banged up offensively versus a very high powered Rams de- uh, de- um, um, offense and defense team. Um, the narrative for me is that these Rams they know they have to keep pace within their division with their record. That you know looking at Arizona they're five and zero and they've already lost to a game a game to them so they're you know a, almost two games back in that that way that way so like they they have to be prepared they're not going to be there's no look ahead games for the rams at this point they have to win every game um now we just get it's not college football you don't have to win by style points you just have to win so i still like them i think especially now at nine and a half even though yes daniel jones is back i just don't think offensively they have the weapons to compete at um with the rams back and forth. I mean, I have seen the Giants in the past go out to LA and when they were supposed to get absolutely blown out and stick with the Rams and almost beat them. So, but I think that was with golf and a different offense. So now I think Stafford is really bringing new life to this, this Rams team. They're very dangerous. And like I said, just toe to toe, I don't think the Giants have the firepower to keep up. So I like, I'm going to lean and take the Rams here, probably minus nine and a half. Yeah. Probably one of the better survivor picks this week too, if you can get that. Yeah, uh, Cardinals at Browns. Browns uh, three point favorites <laughs> against the five and zero Cardinals at home. Uh, totals of forty nine and a half. So I want to start out by saying, would you ever have thought that a five and zero team would be a dog against the Cleveland Browns? Like, I've yep. uh, has that ever happened before? I highly doubt it. It's insane. I mean, the Browns are doing things and. They're doing it on both sides of the ball. I mean, putting up, yes, they lost to the Chargers, but they still, you know, what would they put up? 40 points, 42 points last week. It was, they are running the ball and they're running it dominantly. And, you know, Baker's managing it well and he can make throws when he needs to. But like you said, you know, game winning drives yet to be seen. However, interesting stat I saw um, come out. That Kyler Murray, when he is held to 15 yards or less rushing, he is one seven and one in those eight in that eight game sample. Last week he had one yard rushing, and they only he only they only scored 17 points against a, a, a banged up um, San Francisco team. So, who has a really good defense that could possibly contain Kyler Murray? The Cleveland Browns, they're absolutely dominant. So if they can keep him in the pocket and not let him move around on his feet, that's where Kyler Murray really suffers. And I think this is the matchup that can give Kyler Murray a lot of problems. And because of that, I think I am actually leaning taking the Browns um, with with the three points there. And the narrative is if you hold Kyler Murray to minimal rushing yards and the key number is below 15, then you're going to have a good shot to win. Yeah, we see juice on that number too right now, which is interesting. Um, so this is going to sound very square, Steve, but this is an auto bet on the Cardinals for me. I mean, I, I'm going to I'm going to bet on the money line too. Forget forget even the plus three. I, I actually, I mean, I, I love a lot of stuff that you said there. I think I think the Cleveland defense could absolutely give Kyler Murray problems. My, my thing is that this isn't the same Cardinals team in a big way. 
defense. I mean, the Cardinals have, are only allowing 19 points per game. Now, in, in today's NFL, especially with the way that the Cardinals offense can operate, if they can keep that pace going all year, that's a pretty scary team. Now, that's a big if, obviously. And the Browns are built very similarly. But what's what's the problem, as always, right? Like Baker, between the ta- you know between the lines, very good quarter. He played really well last week. That wasn't it. Wasn't his problem last week. The issue was when it comes down to it, you can't trust him. You know, he makes he makes he he checks down. He makes conservative decisions. You know that that's what separates the great quarterbacks from the ones that aren't great. Is when you know when they have the ball in the final two minutes, like when Brady has the ball. You know, when Peyton had the ball, I mean, they're going right down the field. No doubt about it, right? Unless some kind of freak play happens. Uh, Baker is so far from that at this point, And it's going to start to become a talking point for the Browns. Like, do they pay Baker after this year? Because they're one great quarterback away from becoming a really sensational team. All that to say, Steve, the Cardinals have given me no reason to not trust them in this game at plus three. Um, I don't see a lot of flaws in their game. Kyler's size is certainly an issue if he gets hit, but the guy is tough to hit. Um, and, you know, if anyone can, yeah, Miles Garrett, yeah, absolute monster off the edge. Um, and the, you got to believe that Cleveland's going to be sending a lot of packages to confuse Kyler. Uh, but now, I mean, I just have to. I don't care how square it is. I have to pick the Cardinals in this one if you're giving me plus money on them. And I'll just eat the money if I lose. You know, that's just all there is to, that's all there is to it. No, I like um, it. Undefeated yeah. team. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Raiders at Broncos. Uh, Broncos, minus three and a half at home at mile high. Totals of 44. And I'm really interested to what you think about this one, Steve, because um, I'm not going to think about any statistics in this game. I'm like, I'm not going to think about any angles other than one. And that is that the Raiders just lost their coach. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a ton of pressure on them. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if there is a ton of pressure on them anymore. That's the wrong word I'm using. There's there's a ton of spotlight on them. But now that John Gruden is gone, you know, this could go one or two ways. And I think it's going to be a positive. A positive. We see a lot of teams when, they, when a coach goes away, when a coach gets fired, those next games, there's like a big sigh of relief in the organization because that guy needed to go. Now, I don't know if that's how the perception was of John Gruden before all that shit happened. I don't know if players already didn't like him, but this had to affect the Raiders team in some way at some at the course of some of these seasons, a talented Raiders team. And the Raiders have not played like themselves. Right now, all of a sudden, after three and no stars, they're like, oh, the same old Raiders. Listen, Denver at home is always scary, but Denver at home does not does not deserve three and a half points. At least I don't think. You give me the hook with the Raiders. Again, maybe I'm just a square little bitch here, Steve. <laughs> Not just like taking the hooks. I don't know, but I have to go with the Raiders to answer after the, all that. All that. I mean, every player on the Raiders that got pissed off about everything that happened is going to take it out in this game, and 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 I like that for the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, we we're all aware of the situation of Vegas, and now the, my biggest question is how does the team respond? And you have to like the narrative that they're going to rally 
come back. They still have all their pieces. They still have all their players. They still have a quarterback that was leading the league in passing yards in the first three weeks, right? So you have to like that they're going to come and rally around their team and each other and play very well. And you're going to tell me you're going to get the hook on top of that. Like, I love that at three and a half. When we look at the Raiders, they're actually six and three against divisional opponents um, in the last nine games. And the under um, with division opponents for Denver has hit 14 out of 18 games. So we have a low total and we're still getting a hook with the Raiders. So I'm, I'm looking at the under and the Raiders on this to cover as well. I really think, and you know, I would not be surprised if the Raiders even, you know, this is looking like some money line value here too. I mean, would you not be surprised if after all everything that happened and you know, the Raiders have, um, I'm blanking on the name, They an openly gay player. Why don't you see that being like a, just a great narrative for him to like, you know, standing there proud on the team after they won for the week? Like I, I would not be shocked if I saw that happen. So this is what, um, this is what I'm looking at, and I, I really like the Raiders to bounce back after everything they've been through the last week. I'm so glad you're on the same side as that one with me, Steve, because, uh, you know, that, I mean, it's – you know, there's two different narratives every time. I mean, either a team's going to collapse after that yeah. happens or a team's going to respond. I have to believe they're going to respond, right? I mean, it, when Schefter came out and said all the different categories, <laughs> Gruden literally offended every different category. Yeah, really. yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, it's not funny, obviously, but like a lot of people on that team are going to be pissed off. Yeah, they're affected. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're affected by it. And it's, it's, you know, has to fuel them, if anything. Okay, Cowboys at Patriots. Cowboys minus three and a half on the road at Gillette Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Totals at 51, Steve. I mean, talk about baiting you to take a team here, right? I mean, three and a half, and it's the Dallas Cowboys who are five and zero against the spread and have been absolutely dominating teams. And now they're going to have to just play a rookie quarterback who almost lost to Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Like, what is going on here? You know, and this, this is like, this reminds me of, uh, I forget, was it week three or week four, one of them, where I put a tweet out saying, like, I'm going to just make a lot of uncomfortable plays that don't make sense. And because of that, I'm looking at New England on this one because it doesn't make any sense. And I have about three of these games that I feel are that way. And so if I can go two and one of on, on them, I'm happy because some of them are going to hit. There's just no, undoubtedly some of them are going to hit because so many people are going to be on the other side of it. And I said, you got to get on the right side of these. And 82% of the money right now is on the Cowboys and it's moving down um, even more. Um, so I, I just don't understand this game. I mean, it is, it, yeah, it's moving the opposite way. It's moving the opposite way towards the, um, to the, uh, it was at four, right? Yeah, now it's at three and a half. So it just doesn't make sense to me that it's not giving a bigger. Yeah, it, was at, it was at four and a half. Yeah, it was at four and a half. Now it's at three and a half. So it's giving yeah. a, a less less spread. So um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just look at uh I'm gonna look at the pats here. I'm leaning the pats. Um Dallas also just historically is three and seven against the spread in their October games for what that's worth. New England's one and four in the last five games in October. So you know, and this is also something that I would not be afraid to just not even touch as well. Yeah, I mean, you said it all already, Steve. I mean, I five and zero ATS the Cowboys. Um, we one stat that I look at that really stands out to me that's that's uh, makes me still want to side with the boys, Steve. Is Dak Prescott nineteenth in the NFL in pass attempts? 
you know, Dak during his rookie year, I think he was like in the 20, like 23rd in the league in pass attempts. Um, Dak Prescott plays brilliantly when he doesn't have to handle the entire load on his back. And this year, Zeke is playing really well. I mean, that rushing offense is sensational. And the Patriots, as good as they, I mean, they could be pretty good on defense, not that great against the run. I mean, they're still allowing 111 yards per game. Uh, that just scares me a little bit. So, you know, you got me thinking other ways. This reverse line movement is messing with my head. The, I mean, the Cowboys at 5-0 and ATS and what they've shown on offense, how in the hell is Mac Jones going to keep up with that? I don't know, but they did it against the Bucks. That's so, the thing, yep. Yeah, they did it against the Bucks. So um, for now, we'll just leave it at that, I guess. I mean, I, I gave away premium customers at the beginning of the week. I gave away the Cowboys, and I'm, I'm really starting to rethink that. So we will, we'll see where I land on that one. I might just stay off of Tuesday. <laughs> All right, Seahawks and Steelers. This is a Sunday night game. Uh, Steelers minus four and a half at home. Totals at 42 and a half. You know, as we all know, Russ, I mean, Russ, Russell Wilson could be out for the season. Uh, Geno Smith coming in. Boy, he looked electric when he came in, though. I mean, he, he, he played really well. Um, but I'm not sure if I can trust that, Steve. I mean, this game just, it just, it's just a little gross for me. Like, Steelers at home, now they finally got a win. But they still don't look dynamic on offense at all. You know, I mean, they, they, uh, it was, it was a great spot, but they let Denver come back a little bit. You know, I, I, if anything, I, I like the under on this one. I mean, the Seahawks offense has to be more limited against the Steelers defense. The Steelers offense is always going to be limited. But then last week, I, you know, I've been bullish on these Steelers unders, these Broncos unders. And then last week, it, you know, we, I think they got 46 up on the board total. So scared me away from that one a little bit, too. I, there's nothing I really love about this game, Steve. Yeah, I mean, look, I uh, I, I just think, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, with, without the Ravens winning on Monday night, if, if, almost every other AFC North team would have lost. And it was looking like the Ravens were going to lose and the Pitt Steelers won. So it's almost like they almost had a two-game swing there that week. But – um, fortunately for the Ravens, they did come back and win, but you know, Steelers are kind of right back in this division now a little bit. Uh, if they can get to three and three, I think, you know, it could, especially if the Ravens can maybe fall to the chargers. So, um, they're not giving up on this season at all. You know, they did lose Juju last week, which, you know, can definitely affect them, but I don't mm -hmm. think it will in this game. You know, they're Sunday night football at home. There's a big difference between being a backup quarterback and just coming into a game where you don't really have time to think and gather your thoughts and you kind of just play versus preparing and now having to play. And I think you're going to see a big difference in Geno. And I think that Steelers defense absolutely gets after him. And we're going to see a reason why Geno Smith hasn't been starting in this league for a long time. Uh, he doesn't scare me at all. Um, I always thought he was a terrible quarterback. I went to West Virginia University. I thought he stunk at West Virginia, and um, <laughs> and he's only proven me to be right so far. And I just like the I like the matchup here for Pittsburgh. I really like the fact that you know it seems like they kind of got their swagger back a little bit. Um, yeah, they almost let the Broncos back in the game, but they didn't because their defense bends don't break. That's what Steelers. That's what they've always done. They always find a way to win, and it feels like Steelers football was maybe starting to take a turn there. Ben looked a little more polished, and it looked like uh, um, he was as injured as I thought he was going to be uh, looking at this point when the, the – um, the uh, news was coming out about him being slightly hurt and questionable for that game. So I, I really do like the Pittsburgh here, especially Sunday night. The crowd's going to be amped. It's going to be rowdy. That defense is definitely going to be giving everything they can to Geno. 
Yeah, you had me flipping on this one a little bit. Maybe wanted to take a play on it. Now, the Steelers finally got their run game going last week, too, Steve, like you've been yep. saying. You know, that, finally. I mean, yeah, we saw a difference in their entire team once that happened, right? And maybe that's offensive line coming together. Uh, maybe that's play selection. I mean, you know, a combination of both. And Najee Harris is a special talent. You know, they need to put the ball in his hands. So that uh, glad that you have a side in that and you kind of talked me into it. I might have a play on it now. But, you know, <laughs> also, we're gonna have to rest with that one. We have to sleep on that one, Steve. But I, yeah, uh, I, see that. I love, well, I love the intel on uh, Geno Smith too, right? Because it kind of scares you a little bit after last week. It's like, damn, is Geno at? You know, is he at like a new level in his, uh, you know, QB two career? But I, I don't know. Nice no, sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bills at the Titans. Um, this one's. Really sneaky for me. Uh, Titans plus six with with the juice at home. Totals at fifty three and a half. Uh, eager to hear what you have to say about this one, Steve, because this is a real interesting game. Well, I mean, so Buffalo's only proven they've been a really good this year, and they've been really good on the road. I mean, I was a uh, very bullish on the Chiefs last week at minus two and a half. I thought it was a good spot for them to kind of climb back into their division. They needed an absolute win, and they obviously got just completely manhandled by this Bills team. They look very impressive. However, the Titans did exactly what they're supposed to do after having that hard loss against the Jets. They went down to Jacksonville and completely destroyed them, dismantled them, looked like the Titans team that we've been expecting to see this year. And they're only going to get better this week coming up with Julio. And we're going to do it in a primetime Monday night football game where I think there's going to be an electric atmosphere. And I just don't see this game being any more than a blow being a blowout. Like we did in Sunday night football. I think it's going to be a very close back and forth chess match. I think Tennessee is actually like their defense is going to step up and play a little better than they have been. And I just wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee is in this game to, to at least to at least cover this, and I'm leaning a little bit towards Tennessee at home right now. Total agreement for me on that one, Steve. This is there's something so sneaky about this. I don't know if it's like historical knowledge in the back of my head. You know, if anybody's ever read the book Blink, like that that whole book teaches you that your gut instincts are actually based off of years and years of you know memory and like gathering information. This is one of those games, Steve, where I just have a gut instinct that the Titans are going to be real feisty. And for a lot of the reasons you just said, I mean, King Henry, I mean, good Lord, this uh, Derek Henry is built different and he's bordering already on like Hall of Fame territory just because just multiple monster years. Like if he has a few more of these, he's a, he's a shoe in. I mean, five games in 640 yards on the ground, Steve, seven touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, uh, easily averaging over 100 yards a game already, easily averaging over one touchdown per game. Now you got Julio Jones coming back. Uh, a lot of steam behind Buffalo right now. This game started. It started at uh, the Bills as a two-point favorite, I believe, at two and a half. And it's up to six. And, of course, 80% of the bets on the Bills. So that makes sense that the line is moving. But now I think we're getting a lot of value on Tennessee. I mean, home team, they feel good about themselves. They have some steam now, too. Julio coming back, like you said. Um, this the, the Titans defense, I've said, is not good, and it's not. But they can make plays. You know, one one or two plays by that defense changes the game, and they can control the game with Derrick Henry. I don't know why the Titans' offensive line, like according to PFF and all these other things, it's it's consistently not rated as highly as other offensive lines. But if you look at Derrick Henry, man, he gets to the next level, and that's you know that's because of him too. 
But that offensive line creates holes. I mean, they are moving people out of the way. Um, and the Bills have looked good on defense, but like, let's not completely sell out and act like the Bills are just going to completely stifle Derrick Henry. Um, I, I like the Titans in this game a lot, Steve. It feels like, it sounds like, smells like, could be a circle play. We'll see. Uh, but I, I mean, plus six, that's a lot of value on Tennessee. All right, well, that, that covers the full round out here at game, Steve. What are your big bulls bets of the week and your teaser of the week? So, uh, big bold bet. I, uh, I I'm going to take Jacksonville outright money line. I, I like them in London. I bet on them in London before when they're uh, when they've had terrible teams and they've produced for me. So I just like the spot there. And also, it's always great to uh, to bet on those morning London games that are terrible teams because it makes it even that much more exciting for you. <laughs> uh, so definitely going to take the, um, Jacksonville for the money line there. And uh, for my uh, teasers, I'm gonna just take. I'm gonna tease Kansas City down to win. I really like them there. I'm gonna tease the Colts down as well from their ten. And then I'm just gonna keep it simple and tease the Giants down as well. Not the Giants, the um, the Rams down. Yeah, so we have the same teaser. I want to tease down the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, I guess I would also tease up Jacksonville too because I think they're gonna be at least pretty feisty in that game. Yeah. Uh, my big balls bets, they were saying the same shit, but I'll, I guess I'll add another another element to it. Um, I'm going to parlay the Jags and Cardinals. You know, why not? Mm. Why not give yeah. me plus money in two different ways here and just, you know, I get a 5 0 team and I think the Jags can straight up win just like you. Um, so those are my two plays. Uh, Steve and I gave away a lot of premium plays on this podcast like we always do. So thank you so much for listening. That's always a gift from us. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously those aren't readily given out for free. <laughs> Uh, but we just want to thank you guys again. We are right at that. Yeah, we're right at the one-hour mark, Steve. We did it. We did perfect. Uh, yeah, 14 games, 28 teams. Please follow everything you see on the bottom of the screen. That's at the Oddsbreakers, at Sports Wager U, at BetUSTV. Please follow Steve and I, at SnormSnorm, at FarleyBets on Twitter. And until next week, everybody, keep on keep your eye on Steve Norman. This, this mother – is over 30 units. We got to keep it rolling, Steve. Yes, sir. Let's go. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Till next week.